Let me invite you to stand and turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, and I'll read verses 1 through 10. So today is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, and we celebrate the risen Savior. And of course, Jesus being raised from the dead is unique to Christianity, and we'll see and be reminded of why we need the power of the resurrection. So Matthew 28, and I'll begin reading in verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples, and behold, Jesus met them and said greetings, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Let's pray together. O oh Lord, we ask that your Spirit would guide and lead us in all truth as you promised that we together might have the right heart application from this truth that you reveal to us. And we thank you for the power of the resurrection. Show us now how it can be ours we ask in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Down in Brownsville, Pamela Taylor protested the wall being built. So I did say the wall, down on the border, initiate deep breathing exercises now. So Pamela Taylor protested, she's down in Brownsville, did not want the wall to be built. And it's not for the reasons that you might think and the reasons that divide our society, no. They told her the wall was going to be built about a mile north of her property. She was going to be, and she... You know, Brownsville, the Rio Grande, does not cut a straight line. And so what happened is the government told her, well, we're going to build the wall, and it's better if we go in a straight line over here. And she said, with great protest, I'm American. Don't cut me off from my own country. They said, you know, the government, no, don't worry. We'll have a little place where you can drive through the wall, so we won't totally cut you off. Nonetheless, I tell you that story this morning to see if you've been practicing your deep breathing exercises, which you need, 
in life today. But not only that, to remind you that we must be connected to and not cut off from this reality of the resurrection. Many people in their faith are essentially cut off from the power of the resurrection. Perhaps one time a year around Easter, we think about the resurrection, but the resurrection is a daily reality that we need for living as God has called us to. And so this morning, I want you to reconnect with the power of the resurrection and all that God has done for us in Christ that we wouldn't be cut off from the great power source of our faith. You see, the resurrection is the proof that everything Jesus said and did is true. That's correct. But the resurrection is also a great declaration and demonstration of God's power over everything that is wrong in this world, namely sin and death. Jesus Christ conquered sin. He faced temptation as we have, and yet he is without sin. And he faced death, the greatest enemy that came into the world through Adam and Eve, two historical people that fell from the perfect estate God created them in. Death came into the world, sin with it, and Jesus has power over both. And that's why we have hope, and that's why we have joy at Easter. I'm going to show you this morning from this passage that the power of the resurrection is ours, if you belong to Christ, and it is power to deal with our fear, that's the first point, and power to act. So first, power to deal with fear. I would offer you this. I think fear is the most common emotion expressed today. Anger would be a close runner-up, but sometimes anger is just fear packaged in a more socially acceptable way. Anger sometimes is an expression of what we're afraid of. We're we feel like life is out of control, and so we get angry, and that's more socially acceptable than saying, I'm afraid. But the resurrection is the power over that which we fear. You can think of it this way, that Jesus has faced the worst possible death, and he comes away victorious. And that victory belongs to us if we have faith in him. Let's set the context here. Chapter 28 of Matthew, back in verse 1, after the Sabbath, toward dawn of the first week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary go to see the tomb. Verse 2, there's a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord descends from heaven and rolls back the stone and sat on it. You can read in the preceding verses that they had secured the tomb because Jesus had predicted his resurrection and they wanted to thwart the ability of the disciples to steal the body. Well, they don't need to steal the body. God is powerful enough to roll away the stone. Now notice here in verse 3, the angel's appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. Usually when we think about angels, we think of chubby, 
babies without any clothes on with wings. That isn't the case here. And in fact, look at the reaction here in verse 4. For fear of him, the guards trembled and they became like dead men. They're paralyzed with fear, not because these are naked, chubby babies. I don't think they'd be afraid of that. These are battle-hardened Roman guards who have been in life-threatening danger before, probably. And they see this being, this angel, and they are struck with fear. But notice this. Verse 5. The angel said to the woman, Do not fear. Do not be afraid. They have nothing to be afraid of. Because they come seeking Jesus. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. They have no reason to fear because they belong to Jesus and they believe. And we read in verse 6, he is not here for he is risen. Come see the place where he lay. The angel invites them to see the proof with their own eyes that Jesus has been risen again from the dead in this power that is on display. If Jesus has faced the worst and come away victorious, that same power is at work in our life if we belong to him. And that gives us the strength to face our worst fears and walk away victorious because what Jesus has done, the perfect life that he lived, the death he died that we deserved, and rising again from the dead, all those things and that the blessings Jesus has secured, those are ours by faith because we are united to him. His future is our future because we belong to him. So they go to meet they seek Jesus, and they find out they have nothing to fear. Those who belong to Jesus have nothing to fear, even death. You know, in our society, death is taboo to talk about. But we can face even death through Christ, who has empowered us and defeated death. We know that Jesus has faced the worst and walked away victorious. You know, on Wednesday, against my better judgment, I was reading the news. Does that ever happen to you? And so I was reading the news, and I came across this headline that caught my eye. This headline. And it says this. Turns out, the mega comet is more than 80 miles wide and it's headed our way. I thought, I don't want to die yet. I better read that and better uh, figure out what's going on here. And so there is a comet and its core, the ice core of that comet is 20 miles larger than any other comet. So this is the biggest comet they've ever discovered and you see right here, it says here, it's headed our way. 
and buried deep within the article, I came to find out. Again, against my better judgment, I was reading this. Deep within the article, turns out it's headed our way, yes. It's going to be a billion miles away. I mean, even though I'm from Texas, a billion miles is far away. That's big. That is not even remotely close to Earth. A billion miles away. And that is but one example of the media, and I love to beat up on the media, maybe you do too. That is just one example of this journalistic malpractice. And what they are doing is they know, they know you will not pay attention unless something is threatening you. Maybe you just paid attention to me holding up that headline. Oh, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that because that's a threat to us, isn't it? I mean, that's, after all, what motivated me to read that article. If you told me up front it was a billion miles away, I would have yawned and clicked somewhere else. But if you say it's coming towards me, it's a threat. And that's what the media knows. If it can present something for you to be fearful of or worry about, then you will pay attention to it. And you know what? It works. It works. But we have an answer to that. A substantive answer that transcends all other answers. Because what typically happens to us when we come in and we see something like that, I mean, perhaps you think, oh, I got nothing to worry about. I saw Armageddon back in 1998, and there was an asteroid coming to Earth. And through the ingenuity of a Texan, played by Bruce Willis, who was an oil driller, I think he was from Houston in the movie, uh, they flew up there, they blew that thing up, and we were fine. Well, Bruce Willis isn't available. And yet we have a better solution than that screenplay. Namely, that Jesus has faced down the worst death and he is victorious over it. Even death could not hold him. That is the power of God come to apply on us. And so when we see something that we are fearful of when we see something that threatens us, what's our typical response? Well, we fall back into control. Oh, I can plan my way out of this one. Research. Oh, if you tell me a bad diagnosis, I'm just going to go find the best doctor who can make me better. Control, research, or innovation. Oh, I'll invent my way out of this, or someone will come up with something. And those are good solutions, but they don't solve death. They don't solve the worst. Only Jesus does that at the empty tomb. And so when you see headlines like this one that threaten you or give you something to be fearful of, Understand that even in the face of death, for the Christian, if your life belongs to Jesus, if you've turned your life over to him by faith, 
you have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to fear because he has defeated death. The tomb is empty as a testimony to even the worst for the Christian will not ultimately defeat us. And so it's a calling then to live into the resurrection power for confronting. So even in the face of headlines like that, that grab our attention, that we're threatened by, that we're fearful of, we can remember if our life belongs to Christ, we have nothing to fear. Christians should be the least fearful people around, not because we are brave and courageous, but because our Savior defeated death. So the power to deal with our fear is there in the resurrection. And it is also the power to act. The power to act. You see what comes next. In the face of the resurrection, the angel commands the, uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, look in verse 7. Go quickly, tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And what did they do? As a result of the power of the resurrection, verse 8, they're not paralyzed with fear. They act. Verse 8, they departed quickly from the tomb. They departed quickly from the tomb. And we see the power to obey is not something generated within us by ourselves, but it comes from within us through the power of the Spirit, by the power of the empty tomb. The power for doing that which God requires comes from the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. So they go, depart quickly, they obey. Now look at this in verse 8, with fear. Well, wait, I thought they weren't be afraid. They were commanded not to be afraid. This is a different kind of fear. This is the fear of the Lord. You see, there's two kinds of fear operating here. The one kind of fear, the ones the, guard had, the guards had there in verse 4, they trembled and became like dead men. That is the fear which paralyzes us being afraid. But the other kind of fear is closer to the fear of the Lord here in verse 8, is closer to the wonderment, the awe. The magnificence of seeing something awesome. When you witness something awesome, what do we say? There's just not words. It's incredible. It's awesome. And so they had that kind of fear, not a paralyzing kind of fear, but the respect and the reverence that are due to God alone. The fear of the Lord is what they had. And that is joined together with great joy. Why joy? Because everything they staked their life on was true. They knew it to be true. They invested their hope in what Jesus said. And now that hope has reached a fruition of a kind. And indeed they have great joy and so what do they do? They run to tell his disciples there in verse 8. You see, the resurrection is the power for us to act. And in part, that action is telling others. They go to tell his disciples, really, this is a kind of evangelism, isn't it? 
to tell what has happened, to tell the good news to others, and that's what they go do. And in a postmodern world, it's so important for us to share with others our experience of what God has done in our lives. That's what evangelism is, after all. It's just telling others what God has done in our lives. And what is great about what God has done in your life, and when you share that with others, what's great about that in a postmodern world, your experience is as valid as everyone else's experience. See, that's how postmodernism works. And so you can share your experience not just as valid, but as an invitation to others to consider the power of the resurrection, which is a power which moves in our heart for us to act. And so the power for evangelism is there at the empty tomb as well. And they run to tell his disciples. And then verse 9, Behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. You see, when we are doing that which God has called us to do in the power of the resurrection, empowered by his spirit, Jesus will meet us on the way. Don't we need Jesus to meet us on the way that we might have encouragement, that we might be strengthened? And Jesus meets them there. He says greetings to them. And what happens next? Look at verse 9. The resurrection is the power for worship. They came up took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Worship is so vital and important because what worship is, it is a coming and giving due regard to the one who has rescued us. And the challenge to that is idolatry. And idolatry, an idol, is, doesn't have to be a little figurine. It's anything which takes away worship from God. And so they come in the power of the resurrection. They come to the risen Christ. They embrace him. They let go of other things and they hold on to him and worship him. And it's a reminder to us that the power of the resurrection, Jesus has freed us from sin and death, not so that we can do whatever we want. He has freed us from sin and death that we would do whatever he wants. And what does he want? He wants us to come and to worship him, to let go of lesser things. And as it were, to hold on to his feet and worship him. So the resurrection is the power to obey, the power to live without fear, the power to fear God it's the power to have great joy and how we need that in our day. The resurrection is the power to act in communicating the gospel in evangelism. And it is the power to worship. And look in verse 10. Jesus says to them, again, do not be afraid. Twice they've been told not to be afraid. They have no need to fear. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. You see, the resurrection then is the power to deal with our fear. It's the power to act. You know, if you're newer to this part of Texas, you're seeing something happen outside. Namely, you're seeing these little brown, wormy things falling all over the place. Oak pollen. 
the oak tassels. And you might have washed your car yesterday, and now it's a wonderful highlighter yellow color. And I was uh, clearing off my driveway of tassels and uh, pulled out this morning. Yesterday I did that. Pulled out this morning, covered again. And it's a reminder we live in a fallen world. We can clear those off, but they'll be back. They'll be back. But the hope that we have is that soon it will be hot as all get out and the oak pollen will be gone. We have hope that it's not going to last forever. Summer is coming. And likewise, the resurrection gives us hope that our current state of suffering will not last forever. That Jesus leaving the tomb empty is an encouragement and a reminder to us that he faced the worst. So that even if we face the worst in our life, we can know that Jesus is Lord over this and that he has had the victory. And this will be gone soon too, just like those oak tassels. We are not, in point of fact, cut off from the resurrection, but we're invited to look again, today especially, but every day, to look again at the power of the resurrection, the power of the empty tomb. And it is an invitation that deals with our fear and causes us to act in ways that are life-giving for ourselves and for others, to not be afraid to not fear, and to tell others about him. This is our calling, and this is a reminder to us this Easter and every day that the power of the resurrection is still active today, that Jesus has risen from the dead, defeating our worst enemy, so that no matter what we face, we live into the victory of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, how we thank you for the power of the resurrection. A power which invites us to believe by faith that even though we face bad and horrible things, that you are Lord still and that your kingdom has come and one day, everything wrong in this world will be made right. And every one of our tears will be wiped away. We thank you for that hope. We thank you for that promise. And we pray that you would remind us and refresh us again in the truth of the resurrection that we are not cut off but invited in to that power. We thank you for the empty tomb. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.